Bloody Elbow presents the Level Change Podcast, a combat sports variety show that brings you analysis, fight breakdowns, and insightful discussion of MMA's biggest headlines. Here are your hosts, Steffi Haynes and Victor Rodriguez. Welcome back, and thank you for listening to episode 216 of the Level Change Podcast. I'm Steffi Haynes, and I'm joined, as always, by my amazing co-host, Victor Rodriguez. And today we'll be discussing, you know what, a whole shitload of hot news topics today. <laughs> but, you know, look, one look thing, at this. Look one, at it. You can't even hold it in. One You're thing so is giddy. dominating me right now, and that oh. is that Andrew Tate and his wild-ass Tristan Tate brother got arrested literally like an hour ago, and it's all because of a pizza box. Because Andrew Tate could not let his vanity sit down for a moment and stop fucking with a little girl, with a 19-year-old girl, a teenager. A teenager. Enough. He couldn't leave her alone enough to not Get himself caught over a fucking pizza box. Hey, pack watch, pack watch, R.I.P. <laughs> Bozo. Rest in piss, will not be missed. I don't get top G, top G. Go go do your little shimmy dancing handcuffs, you bald bitch. This is what happens with these people, man. This is what happens. You know, they say that sunlight is the best disinfectant, and that's not always true. But in this case, holy shit, it actually led to something. He had to toot his horn on social media. He had to go out there and 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 call out. I mean, he started this. You do understand yes. that he's the one who posted the thing in a combination of taunting plus uh, uh, climate change, not quite denialism, but kind of edgelord behavior in that direction. And she clapped back at him. He couldn't leave it alone. He had to keep picking at that scab. And Jake Shields... He kept having his little bars with him and chilling like, oh, man, you know, this is this is really funny. Maybe maybe she just wants some of him. Yeah, that that keep going with them vulgar ass jokes. That just shows you it just shows you who these people are. Al Jermaine Sterling was mad when people took him to task for hanging out with him in Abu Dhabi and flashing and taking photos with him like they were Sinatra at the Playboy Club and whatever. Nah, it doesn't work that way, my G. Now you see what's going on. Now this dude's going out there and he has got a lot. And this there's gonna be a lot coming down the pipe because this man's record, the the dirt that this dude has done. The fact that he has admitted it is it is on camera. He has admitted more than once that he fled to Eastern Europe because there are less prosecution uh, liabilities. There is there is less that the law can do against him for uh, crimes that that uh, you know he's he's hinted at committing. So uh, yeah, fun stuff. And and just so everyone knows, <laughs> this probe that forced the raid of his Romanian palace or villa or whatever the hell it is is directly stemming from the human trafficking probe that he yes. is the target of. So let's just keep that in mind, Aljo, and all the other d- the dude bros in the UFC and other organizations that hobnobbed and rubbed elbows with this monster. Think about that for a moment as they marched his ass off to jail. Yeah, Bottom they can't blame G. this on castle culture. Exactly. Bottom G. All right. So we're going to jump into another ugly, ugly story right off the bat. And that is Gervonta Davis. He was arrested Tuesday evening in Broward County, Florida, 
uh, per a report from Boxing Scene. Uh, Davis was subsequently booked into jail by Parkland police on one count of battery causing bodily harm. Davis is scheduled to appear in court and he had already appeared by the time of this taping. He was released on, get this, $1,000 bond. And he posted Mm. that personally and has since been released. Now, if if you go back into your memory palace a few years back and you're thinking to yourself, well, you know, innocent until proven guilty. Listen to me. This man has a documented history of domestic abuse. A documented history of it because on video he was captured assaulting his girlfriend at the time, dragging her by the hair and by the shirt out of the arena, punching her and everything. So if if you're sitting on that fence up there and you're looking down and you're thinking, you know, I don't I don't want to cast aspersions on him because we don't know. Yes, we do know. Yes, we do. He's also uh, facing charges, 14 of them, in relation to a suspected hit-and-run incident that occurred back in November of 2020. In that incident, Davis is accused of slamming his SUV into a car that held four passengers, including a pregnant woman. And then he fled the scene. He is also facing a civil suit in relation to that same incident. Now, he's also been charged with two counts of misdemeanor battery for allegedly battering his former girlfriend. So we have really a a well-documented history with the video from where he dragged his ex-girlfriend out. We have all of these other incidents that he's awaiting court trials and so on and so forth here. I mean, come on. I saw a thread on Twitter that documented all the times that he's just gone off and, and solved his issues with violence (laughs) in public places with, whoever happened to be around. I mean, it's crazy. There were like six or seven different instances where he's assaulted someone, not necessarily a woman in every instance. These were definitely, uh, it, it was a mixed bag of all different type of things. But I mean, there is a lot. And where there's smoke, there's fire for sure. Don't think that that one incident was a one-time thing, the first, last, and only time. Uh-uh. Ain't happening. Victor, this guy has been, I don't even want to say he's been a ticking time, Bob, because he's exploded a few times. Yes. He has made this a way of life. And I understand there are people that come from different difficult circumstances. There are people that have, you know, they, they don't view things the way that we can because, or the way that we do, because they simply are the product of, you know, different elements of society, right? Some, some cats are always going to be prone to fighting and and getting into uh, tiffs with people no matter what, you know, it's just what it is. And some people just, uh, you know, they, they find ways to be, um, to grow and to kind of get that edge off. You know, we've seen Mike Tyson, right? He's a guy who's committed a ton of horrible acts in his life. He's kind of got it together now. I mean, you don't see him getting into this kind of trouble, but it took him being damn near 60 to really finally completely mellow out to where he's at now. 
um, whether or not that is a uh, a cause for you to um, ask for him to be forgiven for his past transgressions is a separate conversation. I'm not saying that that's the case here. I'm just saying that, you know, sometimes you have these dudes, they'll find at some point in their life, maybe it might be a little longer than we'd hope or that we'd expect. But some cats, they see better, they think better of things and they go, yeah, you know what, maybe I should chill out. Davis ain't there. And quite frankly, from his behavior and the manner in which he responds to these allegations, to these incidents and to the circumstances and frankly, lack of consequences behind them, because he doesn't really he hasn't really had more than than a slap on the wrist for a lot of these things. And he does still have cases pending, as you noted. Well, then I don't really know that he's going to learn. You know, I don't know who exactly is in his ear. I don't know if the, even if there is someone in his ear, there's anyone that can actually reach through to him or anyone that is invested in his improvement and him not doing shit like this. I mean, it's a bad look you fighting outside of the ring, but it's even worse when you're out here seen at a basketball game in Florida, dragging a woman by her lapel, by her collar, dragging her up and then out of a venue as people are just shocked looking on. Their 911 audio was released. Um, that was that was pretty harrowing as well. Um, all around, man, all around. This dude is is he, he's got a fight coming up, and that's gonna probably mess with his money. Maybe that's what's gonna it's gonna take for him to be like, yeah, maybe I should chill out. Maybe I should kind of not do this. But even Floyd Mayweather, he was doing all kinds of crazy dirt until just a few years ago. So I don't know. I don't know where this guy's limit is gonna be. I don't know where it's, it is that he's gonna finally stop doing. Um, getting involved in these situations although i do find it a little weird it's it's kind of like the charlie sheen thing you know you you constantly see this guy more often than not getting into altercations with women and i always wonder why that is you know it's like yeah he'll have a tiff here and there with a guy but it's always with the women like why does this keep popping up i'm curious about that that just doesn't i i I'm, i don't know i don't know what that says about a particular person but there there maybe there's some sort of um Something about our culture at large and, and how people think they can just get away with doing shit like this. And if you have enough money and you can just brute force your way through court systems and and, and uh, outside of any sort of legal framework. Yeah, I'm sure that's that's the contributing factor. You know, I hate it. <laughs> I hate all of this. I had some higher expectations of him in the past. I'm sitting there thinking, well, you know, he's young. Maybe he'll get it together. Clearly, he hasn't learned. And I don't know that he will. Yeah, I I am of the firm opinion that you know once an abuser always abuser. It's very very hard to break that cycle. I I just it's really hard for me. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. No, and and you you are. I mean, like I personally, I I I partially disagree because I mean I I have seen cases where there are people that have broken through, but I will completely agree with you that it is very very rare. It is and very very difficult, and it's 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 not. You can't blame people for giving up on having hope yeah. that you're going to get better with it. The thing that gets me is that in his Instagram response, he goes through all of the things that he feels have weighed against him from the beginning of his career, how he's done everything on his own, despite the fact that people are always out to get him. He owns no responsibility in this whatsoever. It's all my ex-baby mama. It's all her fault. Everything is her. She's, you know, putting things on my toothbrush. Everything is her. I have nothing to do with this. Despite the fact that the 
the incident was described as having a closed hand slap. Okay, so why don't you just stop gilding the lily and call it what it is? Yeah, it's a fucking punch. Yeah, I, I don't know how you fill out a police report with a straight face mm-hmm. and say that. That's I mm-hmm. I have so many questions about that and how that process is handled. But I yeah, I, I guess it's it's a matter of waiting and seeing, I suppose. And I'm sure that whatever else is coming after this is not going to be great. However, we are going to move on to someone that is pretty great, and that's going to be Marlon Vera, now affectionately known as Chito. The Ecuadorian phenom is still hanging in there in the bantamweight division, and he obviously, as a top contender, still has some thoughts about uh, other things, other happenings near the top. Recently, he had a chance to discuss former champion T.J. Dillashaw and his recent retirement, especially as it relates to the possibility that he may come back in the future. Now, as somebody that I know, that I trust, and that I care very deeply for says, no one ever fully is retired. Steffi, you might remember, you might know who that person is. I don't know. She lives in Texas. Anyway, uh, Vera said, and and this is, I don't know, I I just, it tickled me for for one particular reason. And we're going to get to that here. Quote, if he comes back, it will be weird because he tested positive already. And he said he's retiring for good. It's crazy because the moment you retire, you're out of the pool. I'm like, at least test the guy for a year. Obviously, he's referring to USADA. He's going to be out of commission for a while. He'd have to re-enter the pool after a certain period of time, all that. Continuing, quote, I believe people are cheating even until this day. I really believe that. I heard there's drugs you can take and literally overnight, you know, whatever the substance is, kind of like disappear. But I would probably rather die than cheat. That's just me, right? Okay. Well, I think it's actually kind of adorable because I think that if this in the year of our Lord 2022 – this is when Marlon Vera discovers that there is such a thing as a masking agent. I, I do find that rather not only endearing, but perhaps somewhat revealing, because if he doesn't know, then surely he probably can't be on any sort of substance, at least not on anything that would be easily or readily detected. Or maybe there's some sort of bait and switch if you want to truly be some sort of a, a, a cynic and say that he's just using classic misdirection. I'm not going to go that route, however. I mean, I, I know I have no reason to doubt that he's being sincere and honest about it. But this whole idea about masking agents and all that, I mean, look, let's be real. What did T- Dillashaw test positive for? It was EPO. It was something that would be able to help his endurance and his cardio, not something that was going to make him uh, more uh, able to absorb more strikes or something that would give him enough strength to, I don't know, chew through rebar. No, this was something that was going to give him a very clear and obvious advantage. And it was something that he was known for, right? Having that really good cardio and that durability. So, yeah, I mean, I guess you can put uh, the rest of his career under a microscope. And if you add to that the fact that Dillashaw didn't really seem very uh, uh, contrite regarding his actions after he got caught, uh, he seemed more sorry about getting caught than actually doing the, the, the crime itself. Well, then, yeah, it's definitely not a good look. And he's going to have that reputation and that stink on him forever. But I am a little curious about this. I mean, if he's not going to be an active fighter, if he is, in fact, retired, at least for now, well, you can't really expect for him to continue to be tested. I mean, that's that's kind of, I don't know, the UFC is going to have to foot the bill on that. And I don't think they're going to be too happy about doing that for him because then they'd have to do that for everybody. I'm not sure about what his suggestion here would lead to. It doesn't seem realistic. It doesn't seem right either, because regardless about how you feel about the guy, hey, 
Fair is fair, rules is rules. If the guy's out, the guy's out. And if he does want to return, as he himself noted, then he'd have to get back into the pool and he'd have to wait. But I don't know, Steffi, what do you think about this situation as far as how Vera expressed it? I mean, do you really agree that he should have, that Dillashaw should have more scrutiny than usual? And should it be to this degree? Nah, he retired. They left that loophole for a reason. And until that loophole is sealed up in some way, shape or form, hey, let him enjoy it. I don't care. You know, (laughs) the funny thing about Cheeto is that he also said that he believes that big dudes like Aljamain Sterling that are cutting down to 135, that when these massive weight cuts, he also views that as cheating. And I don't view that as cheating. I don't, you know, you make the weight. I don't (laughs) like the idea that these guys are cutting down from 170 to 135. I don't. But until they figure out a way to stop that, there's nothing we can do about it. And it's not cheating, period. Plain and simple. The way the rules are written right now, it's not cheating. And and I don't view it that way in, in any way, shape, or form, to be quite honest. Um, I just think that weight cutting is a problem, and it's going to end up with somebody dying in that octagon. And that's when everybody is going to wake up and pay attention as far as sanctioning organizations and things like that. That's when it's going to happen. Until that day, they're not really going to pay too much attention to it. And that's unfortunate. But the UFC is the biggest platform on this earth for this sport. And it's going to unfortunately have to take something massive happening inside the UFC for anybody to really give a damn. Because there have been deaths already. And doesn't seem like anybody's really uh, exercising a whole a whole lot of caution so yeah anyways we are going to move on to a topic that i never thought i was gonna see it knocked me over with a with a feather when i read this story because i had no idea but a former ufc bantamweight and i say former because it just happened. I didn't even know that she was even uh, looking at other organizations or even that her contract was up. But Olympic silver medalist Sarah McMahon has just signed with Bellator and at featherweight. Let me read to you her statement because she, um, Ariel Helwani was reporting on this, but she released her statement via a press release. Let me read this to you. I am thrilled to have joined Bellator. Bellator has the deepest roster at women's featherweight, and I look forward to tough scraps with these ladies. I want to thank the Bellator team, especially Mike Kogan and Scott Coker, for putting together such an outstanding offer. And I'd like to thank many Bellator fighters, including Chris Cyborg, for their collective support and encouragement. Everything about this feels right, and I'm grateful and looking forward to 2023. Now, she also had an Instagram post that came out uh, with her sitting down, signing the contract. And she said, after a lot of consideration and negotiation, I've decided to fight for Bellator in the featherweight division. 
Before my fight with Carl Hosa, Jennifer Goldstein, my amazing, amazing manager, asked if I wanted to test free agency or remain with the UFC no matter what. I told her that while I have enjoyed my career fighting for the UFC, I am at a different point in my life than when I initially signed with them. I'm at a very fortunate time in women's MMA where other promotions will offer very enticing contracts if you are a top-ranked fighter. It's not easy to leave some of the great people I've met or the excellent bantamweight fighters I've faced. Bellator made an offer that I simply couldn't refuse. I hope to keep all of my friends in the UFC while making new friends in Bellator. The fighting world is a tight-knit community, and I respect all the athletes who put it on the line. My desire to be the world champion at featherweight is very strong because I truly believe Bellator has the premier fighters in the world at that weight class. Thank you to every one of my fans. You are all legit fight fans or wrestlers, and I can't wait to showcase my skills without a tough weight cut. Some fans have asked about my retirement. The honest answer is that I just really feel like fighting and don't want to stop yet. I have a master's in mental health counseling, and I really look forward to the day that I can do counseling full time, but not yet. Wow. <clears throat> Were you as shocked by this as I was? I, not really. I mean, not I'm, really. I, I'm I talking was, about was, just, just the part where I didn't know that her contract was coming up. So no. just the idea that she was in a free agency state took me by surprise. Not actually that she signed somewhere else, just that it slipped under the radar so much. Yeah. I, that's the thing. I, I was surprised, but not, mm. not shocked in the sense of like, you know, it, it didn't really, it didn't, it, it wasn't overwhelming or anything like that. It was just one of those things where like, Oh, that's weird, I guess. Um, I, I suppose this is a good move. Look, she wasn't really getting much traction at Bantamweight. There's not much of a division at Bantamweight. It, there hasn't been, uh, at least not since, you know, the whole uh, division with Featherweight and, you know, Holly Holm kind of moving all around and Amanda kind of being, um, you know, just, just decimating opposition. It hasn't been the most interesting division. And McMahon hasn't had the more the most inspiring performances as of late either. She's had some very clear stumbles. And if she believes that not having to cut that extra 10 pounds is good, that having the change of environment is good, and she's able to get that opportunity, and maybe she was just dealt a better offer from Bellator, then by all means, go out there. You still feel like you have enough in the tank. You have a lot to offer and, and you want to prove more to yourself and continue to um, to to find some level of success. By all means, please do. She's not someone who's out there getting a whole lot of damage. She's not getting beat up terribly. She's not someone that you're going to be worried too much about brain damage later on. Yeah, I and she just came off of a win, that, that fight with Carl Hosa. She wasn't, I believe she was the underdog in that. She won unanimous. Yeah, and you know what? I think that's fine. I think that's fine. This is okay. I mean, she's getting a bit up there in age, but she's still an elite-level athlete despite being snake bit by a bunch of injuries. But what can you really do about that? If she wants to keep going, she wants to get back on the horse, I applaud that. And, uh, you know, just another one of those tough mothers out there trying to get it done. 
Yeah, 42. But again, I think oh, wow. the most important uh, point that was made here was by you when you said she hasn't taken a lot of damage, and she hasn't. I thought she was like 38. Nope, she's 42. Oh, I know, wow. that's what I said. I mean, a whole bunch of points in that story really stood out to me that I hadn't really paid attention to. Well, you know, I, I also have to wonder, and I'm not saying this to disparage her or anything, but maybe the fact that she hasn't really been making waves like that is one of those things that has allowed for her to be a little more under the radar. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe that's why, like, she's not on some crazy winning streak. She hasn't looked, you know, she hasn't been out here looking like a million bucks. She's not finishing people and doing all this stuff like that. Like, the expectations that were put upon her as she made her entry into MMA, didn't really pan out. And that's not really her fault or anybody else's other than the high machine. It is what it is. Um, then again, that's not a, a, a point to disparage uh, Sarah, but rather just to illustrate the fact that when you have that kind of chatter about you and it doesn't really go the way things, you know, the, the way that you're expected to go, it's easy to forget where they go. And you end up being one of those where are they now stories while you're still there. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, she's still fighting. I bet you there's a whole bunch of people who probably thought she had been retired for a while because we see her fight infrequently. We see her placed at lower placements of lower portions of certain cards. Uh, we see her fighting opposition that isn't highly ranked. That's that's going to happen. It's easy to forget that people are in the shuffle when that takes place. Indeed. Absolutely. Now, we are going to talk about somebody who is not actually out of the shuffle and who did have a foot out the door, but he decided, hold on, wait a minute, pass me that hair dye, we're going to give it one more go. That's Derek Brunson. Yes, indeed. Blonde Brunson has decided late in his career not only to finally be engaging and charismatic and funny in public, but that he actually doesn't want to retire anymore. Uh, he had a loss against Jared Cannonier at UFC 271 earlier this year. He said, you know what? I'm going to have one more. We're going to make this work. And he was scheduled to fight Jack Hermanson in a fight that did not take place because, well, there was an injury. So, um, you know, Brunson uh, wasn't able to make it. This time he decided that while he was going to recover, he was going to make the most of his time away and reinforces his everything, his resolve, his dedication, everything to take another series of bouts, not just one. He's not going for just one more ride. He says he wants four fights in the year 2023. He says, where should we start? Now, I'm not really sure where he'd begin. Maybe the uh, first name that would come to mind would be Hermanson since they didn't actually get to uh, make that work. There are other possibilities out there. I'm seeing Drickus Duplessis being named as somebody that he could take on, which would be a very stiff test for Drickus taking on a power wrestler that can crack and who is uh, capable of throwing hands. However, Brunson has a pretty bad defense, and I have no qualms with saying that. He is who he is at this stage of his career, and guys just have a habit of finding that chin. So if uh, Drickus can find it on Darren Till, I'm pretty sure he can find it on Derek. Does not make this fight any less compelling, but you do kind of worry when somebody's taking the kind of punishment that Brunson has taken. I'm not sure who we pair him up with immediately, but do you think it's a good idea that he decide to come back not only to stay active as a fighter and not retire, but – to take to decide and claim that he wants four fights in one year. Do you, do you think this is actually the right move for him, or maybe should he had sat this one out and just ridden off into the sunset? 
No, I, I think that, uh, first of all, he never officially retired. So I, I know that he was toying with the idea and he had talked about it, but he never really officially retired. He is still at the top of his game. Just because Jared Cannonier is better than him, look at the run he was on before he ran into Jared Cannonier. I mean, he was, uh, and as far as Driku Duplessis, Driku Duplessis is all action, but Fight IQ hasn't quite developed all the way yet. Derek Brunson's Fight IQ has progressed leaps and bounds over the last three or four years. I think that veteran savvy, I would actually give Derek Brunson the edge in that fight. Plus, he's got a one-hitter quitter for sure. So I don't have a problem with this at all. I think it's a pretty good idea. That's a great fight. And you know what? Kudos to him. Salute him if he can get those four fights. It's clear he is gearing up for retirement. That's why he wants four fights. He wants to get that bag while he can. And you know what? I, I don't mind it because I think he still has something to offer in the division. I don't think he'll contend. I really don't. But I think he'll hang around in the top five and be a high level gatekeeper for at least the next year. I'm I'm glad you mentioned that because it seems to me like my initial reaction was is maybe he's got five fights or four fights left on his contract. Mm-hmm. And he just wants to burn through them. Yeah. And I'm I, wondering if that's it. And I think, too, you know, he has a he has a, uh, a daughter. I'm not sure if he has more, but I know he has a daughter. And I know that, you know, he, that's the sun rises and sets with her. He frequently posts about her. And I am of the opinion that he is setting himself up for, you know, down the road because he's also very frugal. Um, he manages his money well. You don't see Derek Brunson out there dripping in gold and walking around in, you know, the the highest <laughs> design suits or anything like that. He's a practical dude. And one of the ones that I don't worry about that when he retires, I don't really worry about him coming back. I think that Derek Brunson, once he calls it quits, I think he'll stay retired. He seems like a smart dude. He does. Wait, you're telling me he doesn't splurge with his money? He doesn't spend it on buying Ferraris and Bugattis? No, no. He's not a top G like that? No, okay. No, 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 no. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. check this out. We're going to talk about another guy who is, he's been long since retired. A long, long time. But he's he's pretty famous for being one half of one of the most, if not the most famous fight of all time, Forrest Griffin and Stefan Bonner. Okay, Forrest Griffin has a new role, and it's the most amazing thing I've ever heard. But Mm. he is going to be, and I quote, a head catcher on Dana's White Power Slap League. Okay, so check this out. Dana's Slap League is going to debut on January 11th. I mean, it is literally right around the corner. It's going to be on TBS because that was probably the best network deal they could get, TBS. But anyways, aside from that, what Forrest Griffin is going to do is he's literally going to stand behind the person that's getting the shit slapped out of him. And he's going to catch them before that they can fall. And, and, and they're terming this role a head catcher. All right. So this is the quote that he gave to TMZ about what he'll be doing. Oh, God. That double impact. You've taken the first trauma 
And when your head hits the ground, bang, bang, both sides of your brain actually bounce against your skull. We want to prevent that and make it just the initial impact and have that be what causes you or not causes you to win or lose the competition. Okay, that whole sentence, really, force, go back to school. Anyways, um, listen, the, the initial slap, especially when you cannot defend yourself. So basically, you're allowing someone to wind up in any fashion they want. And if you notice, people that are in these slap leagues, they practice, they lift weights, they do everything to get that competitive edge. Now, there is a viral video that's floating around today of a woman that's going to be competing on uh, this slap league. And man, she has, she is jacked to shit. I watched the video of her doing the pull-ups. My God, this woman. And then I watched a video of her previously in one of these slap fights and she hit the girl so hard that the girl falls and then the way she lands she tries to she tries to sprawl so that she doesn't fall and when she sprawls she's still so jangled that she rolls into a somersault inadvertently because she was hit so fucking hard so you tell me that you're worried about the extra trauma because, and I quote, when your head gets hit, bang, bang, both sides of your brain actually bounce against your skull. Well, hey, the same thing happens when you get slapped full tilt when somebody is winding up like they're literally, they're planting their feet and they're turning their waist as far back as they can. And they put a little tiny bit of a curve in their elbow so that they're not hyperextending when they land that big slap. And then they let it go. And I mean, I've watched a few of these and some of the impact literally knocks these people out. So why are you worried about that second bit of impact and not the first that is completely unprotected? You cannot put your hand up to block because that's that that goes against the premise of this thing. Basically, this should be called the 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 CTE inducer. That's what they should call this thing. The CTE inducer league. Because that's all it is. I'm sorry. I can't help this. I hate the idea entirely. Okay. I, I'm a little, I don't know. I guess I view it a little differently. I don't, I do understand where, um, I do understand where people are, are far more uh, reserved regarding us and perhaps a lot more apprehensive. I don't mind it as much as long as we're realistic about what we're looking at here. Mm. Well, this is not... This is not high-minded technique. This is not, uh, you know, the, the the discipline of the martial artist honing his body, forging the steel of his body in the fire of his will. That that no, listen. These are two. These are two people standing across each other. They have agreed to take the other guy's worst shot, and yeah, I mean, it's slapping. You know, the knockouts. I mean, I, I, to me, they seem fairly rare, but when they do happen and when the concussions do happen, yeah, that is that is a problem. And I, I just worry that – look, I don't know, man. I, I'm seeing other organizations do this, and it's fine when it's some small potatoes league. I mean it's still the same spectacle, right? It's still grotesque to a lot of people. It's still not 
um, appealing and they are doing this for peanuts. They're not doing much with it. Uh, it is kind of funny that if Dana White couldn't get Zufa boxing off the ground, at least he gets one vanity project out of 2022. So good for him, I suppose. Toss the confetti. Uh, I, I see where people look down on it. I understand that. I personally, I guess I just don't mind it as much because A, these guys don't do it for as long as a boxer or an MMA fighter would do it. B, the the amount of again the amount of knockouts and stuff is it seems incredibly rare to me. Now I I could be wrong because look I'm not looking at stats or anything. I'm just going based off anecdotal uh, my experience watching this stuff and using it for like the WTF videos and stuff like that. But I don't I don't know. I, I just it feels maybe more exploitative now because you're putting it on uh, a mid level cable network under the auspices of a billion dollar corporation that is the UFC that you know isn't even paying their MMA fighters and now they're going to prop this up they're not going to pay these guys more like there's just no way that they're going to be spending splurging on this and not giving Frankie Edgar a bigger payday or Jose Aldo a bigger payday that's just there's no way in my mind that that could be conceivable but hey I mean (laughs) maybe maybe that's a possibility I frankly doubt that by a lot and I guess I know I I know why people don't think this is good. I see the concerns, and they are very valid concerns regarding CTE. Uh, these are open-handed slaps, which perhaps uh, the um, officer in the uh, Gervonta Davis case might want to take notes that this is what this is what it should actually be called a slap, right? Um, I I don't I don't I'm not completely opposed to it. I don't think it's the worst thing I, I think it's i i just i i just something about the way this is being rolled out that does feel kind of gross because they're snatching up and capitalizing something that they didn't create and they're going to put this whole thing on it like oh no 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 we're making this thing happen we're you know and, and we're embracing regulation we saw how they dealt with covid mm-hmm. we saw how they've dealt with other things they're not they're, we saw how they did with trt they're not worried about safety and no one should have any illusions that they are or that they will be so I guess. I mean, it, it, obviously, you can't stop it. It's happening. It's inevitable. And I, I, you just sort of resign yourself to what is. Let's see how it goes. And if it does, the best, I guess, the best case scenario, if you don't end up having a panoply of knockouts, they'll either scout even harder for a second season to try to get the results that they want for a more um, bizarre and, 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 and explosive spectacle, or they'll get canceled because TBS probably, you know, their game shows are a dime a dozen anyway. Yeah. Well, we are going to talk about something you don't see every day. And that's Donald Cerrone, <laughs> who is now happily retired at 39 years of age. And he posted some pictures recently that raised a lot of eyebrows, especially after the lovely spectacle, yet again, social media shedding some sunlight on shady activity of the uh, Liver King fiasco and his association with MMA, well, some people looked at Cerrone's new physique and said, hey, I get you're not fighting at welterweight or lightweight anymore, but uh, what's all that mass you've been putting on your frame, my G? Turns out he admitted straight up that, yeah, he is on steroids. He is on performance enhancement drugs, and he does not care who knows it. Quote, I was just literally yesterday in Vegas. I was telling everybody, like, I understand why steroids are illegal now that I'm injecting them into my body. Oh, (laughs) that's nice. (laughs) Quote, I feel like I'm fucking 20 again. The training would never stop. You could just literally train as hard as you wanted to, wake up the next day, recover and fresh. Recovery would be the biggest in terms of improvement. It's the fountain of youth. 
Well, that's nice. And we got a little, you know, we got a little Colorado Ponce de Leon up in here doing his own thing. That's that's fine. Look, I'm okay with this. I mean, if I have few qualms about fighters doing this when they're active, then we really are we really going to be worried about him doing this when he's retired? It's kind of like the same with professional wrestlers. Like if you're doing it for appearances or you're just doing it to feel good, fine. No one's getting on Joe Rogan's case for doing it. I mean, he's been very clear and very open about his performance enhancement use. And again, he's not cheating anybody as long as he's not fighting anybody else. And as long as he doesn't decide later on, hey, I want to go back to fighting. Can I get back into the USADA pool, please? I really don't see where there should be any cause for concern or alarm. If anything, good for him. I hope he does them in a measured and responsible way. That's been my mantra since always. As long as these guys aren't going overboard, not endangering their health long term, especially for things that happen later on in life, like superstar Billy Graham. I am fair and fine with it. I am easy like Sunday morning. I do not give not a single solitary Dutch cupcake fuck. Let him take what he wants. Let him live and be happy. And I hope he finds all the joys possible while he's out on this new adventure. Am I being a little too lenient with this here, Steffi, or do you have concerns? No, I have none. I thought it was great um, in the fact that I got a story out of it. <laughs> because, listen... Without having UFCs to break down, it takes a large chunk of our of our programming off. So I went around and I grabbed all the good headlines that I could and for our listeners that maybe aren't paying attention to the actual news feeds right now because it's the holidays. But when I saw this, I just was so taken back with how big he's gotten and with how open he is about doing it. But the thing that got me the most is why? Because he has also said that he is getting jacked for movie roles. Yeah. And dude, <laughs> I saw some clips, okay, because um <sighs> Troy, that's Pit Piddle MMA on, hey, on Piddles. I, I love that dude. He's so funny. Yeah. He was posting clips. From that one uh, Daily Wire movie that Donald uh, and, and Gina Carano did. Uh, the well, Western listen, that they listen, did, yes. All I got to say is, Donald, don't worry. If you could just stay jacked and just play that action role of the, you know, heavy number two or even heavy number one, doesn't matter. Just don't think that you're going to get anywhere on your acting, okay? But that big jacked body... Definitely we'll get get it done for sure. That in your name. You should probably get some roles. And but, that in the reputation, yeah. yeah. That, that, so yeah. I mean I, I could totally see him in those heavy type roles where he plays the bad guy or he plays, you know, henchman number three or whatever that has thirteen lines. Whatever. Thirteen words. Uh, then you're asking for a bit much, but yeah, all right. I, I meant thirteen words, but you, you get the okay. point I'm making. I mean, he's cut for that. That's that's great. As just, as long yeah, as long as it's not fourteen words, because he's 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 got some rumors. Yes. yes but I will say this, that the, the physical transformation, I always, when I put the stories out, no matter where they are, they have links with them. So if you want to see the physical transformation, just, you know, wherever you're listening, look for the links in, in our description because everything is timestamped and it has a proper link with it. So just look at the link because he is enormous. He looks like he's about 220 pounds. This is a guy that was fighting at 155. Hey. 
I mean, it's it's the Rumble Johnson principle, you know what I mean? <laughs> In any event, I just thought it was funny. It's the fountain of youth. Yes, I am all over that shit. But that's that's exactly what Chill Sonnen said. You know, yeah, he said, you know, yeah. people ask me why I took them. You know why? Because they work. Yep. And he was 100% right, and he should have said it louder. He should have said it more. He was right. And if after you put yourself in the blender through all the rigors of MMA life and training for all this time and all the kickboxing and boxing, all the other stuff that Cerrone did, then you know what? It's it, If this is what's going to help him stay afloat and maybe his just having a better physique will get him somewhere further, number one, he's got to get a better agent. Number two, stay the hell away from the Daily Wire, my guys. Don't, don't play in the gutter. You're not going to get further with that. Huh. But yeah. Uh, well, he's represented by Paradigm, so... Yeah, well, they they they, uh, they, they didn't do their due diligence over. then. Yeah, they have a shakeup going over there that one of their main agents has left. I saw someone t- uh, tweeting about it, the MMA lawyer. He's pretty good follow, though. But anyways, um, yeah. one the, the, And then, you know, we had Li Jingliang leave Paradigm and sign with Dominance day before oh, yesterday. No. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. come on. So you can, you can go ahead and set your watch by the fact that that Li Jingliang's Twitter feed will dramatically change <laughs> mm-hmm. because you know he's just going to sign that thing right over to Ali. Mm-hmm. You know, easily, easily moldable. So, anyways, uh, one thing that I do want to note the great Pele passed away today. So, listen, I've <clears throat> never been a soccer fan, but I have known who Pele was. He was probably. The first athlete I ever knew, uh, you know, I could identify and stuff. Since I was a little girl, I've known who Pele was. So I just, um, boy, that took me by surprise. And I feel a little, you know, ball of sorrow in the pit of my stomach for him because he was a great person as well. So I don't know. I just... uh, Want to give my rest in power out to Pele? Yeah, well, yeah, it's unfortunate. Well, we we lose another great. He had a great life. Mm. He's, he broke a lot of barriers and did a lot of things. So, um, yeah, it, it's uh, it's another one. I, I didn't know too much about him, but I mean, you knew who he was, mm-hmm. even in a country where soccer was not known for you know the mega stars and all that. Like you knew who that dude was, regardless, because he was just that big and that monumental a figure. So, um, yeah. There's that. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you one quick question about the the steroid thing with Donald Cerrone. Do you sort of feel like, because for me, I'd be fine if all sports just let them have their performance enhancers, because these days, performance enhancing drugs aren't dangerous like they were in the 70s and early 80s when they got such a terrible rap because people were like Lyle Alzado and people like that. They were literally getting cancer and diseases and just you know, having major health crises because of the the steroids from back in the day. But man, they've really fine tuned them and they're not anywhere near uh, as dangerous health wise for you as they were before. So, you know, I don't care. Let them do it. I mean, if it were up to me, I'd let them all have the option. And then there wouldn't be a need for organizations like USADA and Vada and whatever else, because I think that 
the the period of danger has passed. Would you agree? I don't know that that's really the case because it still allows for people to be irresponsible with their with their amounts and what they take. I mean, if you let these guys take. I don't know, you know, Stree Overlord, you know, they'll yeah, do yeah. it. You know, if it's not that, it's the other dick pills, the one that has the the cartoon that looks like Penn Jillette at, down to the down to the painted fingernail. Um, that is a true thing, folks. Look it up. If not, I'll post it. I, I, I kind of worry about like, if you just let it be a free for all, then it's it's going to be horribly mismanaged by fighters. If you do have at least some kind of boogeyman, maybe they'll think twice. But what we've noticed is that they'll do it anyway. Yeah, especially happy. the dumber ones. So I don't know <laughs> if that's even like, what are you going to do, really? I, you, it's always going to be a part of sport. Yeah, why not just let it be an open part of sport? I don't know, know man. I'm, I mean, it would be like the you remember the all steroid Olympics from Saturday Night Live? Yeah. There you <laughs> yeah. go. <laughs> I don't know. Let them do it. I'm of the opinion. I, I let them have just whatever they want. Do it. Yeah, yeah. I guess. All right. <clears throat> so on that note, we are going to wrap the show. Follow this dude because he's freaking amazing. Follow him on Twitter at Vic M. Rodriguez. Follow Mookie on Twitter at Mookie Alexander. You can find Mookie on SB Nation's Field Goals website where he is the managing editor. So if you're a Seahawks fan, that's where to go. Now, Victor has this incredible Instagram just filled with mouthwatering food pics and beautiful travel pics. So if you're into those type of things, and I do believe every once in a while, he'll drop down a recipe too. So get over there. That's Victor Sinister Rodriguez on Instagram. Now, we are also available on Twitter, and that is at Level Change Pod. We're available on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash Level Change Podcast. And you can find our work over on bloodyelbow.com. So if you listen to the pre-recorded outro, you can figure out where you can listen to this show and all the other Bloody Elbow shows. So do that, and until next time, please stay safe. Thank you for tuning in to this Bloody Elbow Presents production. To check out more of our content, subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is titled Bloody Elbow Presents. We're also on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Overcast, Player FM, and Amazon Music. Just search for Bloody Elbow Presents and you'll get brand new shows throughout the week, including Care Don't Care, the Level Change Podcast, the MMA Bivis Section, the 6th Round Post-Fight Show, 6th Round Retro, the MMA Depressed Us, Crooklyn's Corner, Exclusive Fighter Interviews, Show Money, guest podcasts, the Hey Not The Face podcast, and radio-style play-by-play for every UFC pay-per-view. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Bloody Elbow, Facebook at Facebook.com slash Bloody Elbow blog, and as always, on BloodyElbow.com. <laughs>